Oh, we're on. Oh, hey. Hey, everybody. This is the greatest opening of a podcast ever. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the Run a Show podcast uh, with Travis Wolf, and that's me, uh, Christian Henderson over here to my right. And uh, we got a a guest in the the space today. Um, So happy to have him. Um, You know, this, uh, as we had said before, uh, we're going to bring different people in, talk to them about the industry, talk to them about different events and what they do. Uh, get a little bit of their stories too. So today we've got Micah Thomas. Uh, Micah is with the group Quixotic, a Cirque Nouveau group out of Kansas City. Uh, know Micah for a long, long time, really good friend. And um, you do a lot of stuff with meeting openers for conferences, companies, events, uh, various different things, but very high end and uh, very um, connected to bringing in live performance with technology and how that intersects. And so, uh, Micah, welcome. Thanks for Thank coming. You. Thank yeah. you for having me. Cool. So I think, um, you know, I just uh, want to get started. I think you've got a really interesting story and just uh, upbringing um, and kind of how you got started. So um, kind of give us a give us a rundown or a, kind of a starting point for you. Well, uh, so my background's in lighting, and so I started off kind of doing different types of productions, both uh, music uh, and special event kind of uh, in theater, and then uh, had a unique opportunity to start up a new new project with uh, my uh, business partner, Anthony Magliano. And um, it started off as one of those projects that was going to be a once-a-year kind of ragtag kind of thing that we were just going to do for fun because mm-hmm. we we knew so many great artists that were looking for something interesting to do um and this is in kansas city yeah right? in kansas city so that's yeah. that's the thing that's always really yeah. gotten me about it is that there's this incredible art scene right in the middle in the heartland of uh, you know in a, in a flyover state essentially and um it's awesome so yeah, yeah. I mean, well it's it's interesting too because i think that's part of why it was successful is because People were hungry to do something interesting and do something different, and um, and so that's kind of kind of why it worked, I think. And that you know you have Kansas City is one of those places you know that lots of big companies come into because it's you know cheap cost of living uh, right now, and so they bring all these creative people, and then you know they go do their regular job, and they get done looking for something interesting, right, right, and so. Um, so yeah, we started with uh, just a bunch of really creative, cool people, and it was a very collaborative project. And we'd go find, you know, an ab- abandoned building and get clearance to do a show in there, and we'd put on a show and spend a month, you know, cleaning out the space and running power cords from the building next door and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then we'd pull off these crazy shows of different collaborations that we'd put together of like, you know, what happens if a uh, musician and an architect get together and like what do they come up with or you know all these different pairings of of types of artists and uh then just kept going yeah yeah. (laughs) that's awesome yeah and um i think you know going before we get to kansas city and and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing tell you know just a little bit about your upbringing and your life like what what gravitated you towards lighting or what got you into this kind of field and this world well yeah, so I grew up in a very small town in uh, kind of nowhere, Alaska, yep. and uh, spent a bunch of time there. And it's a uh, it's it's a really amazing town called Homer, Homer, mm-hmm. Alaska, and so many cool creative artists live there. And 
I, I ended up doing these theater camps as a kid and realized that I was really, really poor at acting <laughs> and, um, and didn't want to put anyone through that. So uh, one of the other things that you could do is, is start, you know, doing lights or sound or different things like that. And so just kept going for this little theater company and, and started uh, like probably in junior high, I think, and then just went with it. So. That's cool. I think uh, important too to to really kind of recognize because I mean you did a, a little bit of a tour through Alaska. Mm-hmm. You you think kind of much like Kansas City, where you think that you know there's there's not a, a big creative scene, and maybe there's not a huge one, but the people that are in it are extremely passionate. And um, I think you saw that like in Alaska, probably not you know everybody and, and, and their mother is into the arts or in, in that space, but the mm-hmm. ones that are make up for two or three others that may not be or something. Right? Yeah. Well, I think it's, I mean, like, like anything, you know, you find the right people to surround yourself with and you, you find those people and then you help cultivate something and, you know, whether it's a show, whether it's whatever it is, you know, that's how you can kind of make something that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, Okay, so you go from Alaska. Yeah. And wh- how do you get to Kansas City? Uh, it's a it's a long, uh, <laughs> twisted journey. And, uh, and does it does that twisted journey contain any any parts that lead you ultimately to Quixotic? Well, I think it. I mean, it all does in one one right. way or another. I suppose. Um, spent some time in in Oregon. Went to school for lighting. Then went to you know grad school at Penn State, you know, we're, we're talking about yeah. uh, your old stomping grounds. <laughs> um, and then traveled a, a lot around doing different events, both, you know, all different types of events. And I think uh, doing some of those different types of events kind of helped equip me to the wide variety of pro- projects that Quixotic does. Um, and also just being really good at problem solving, because that seems yeah. to be one of the biggest things that... Yeah. that Here's, work with. here's the question I have. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, with the lighting background, it's very mm-hmm. specific and very technical, mm-hmm. um, but also, you know, working on a variety of different type of things. Uh, your partner, Anthony, um, background in ad in ad agency and marketing, I believe. Right, correct? right. So, you know, but you're also working with, you know, highly trained and skilled, you know, like ballet dancers and, and mm-hmm. people that have spent their, their careers and their lives, you know, focused in on and honing their skill and being the best dancer possible. Do you think that, um, and I know with, with arts, everyone has a natural, um, ability to to collaborate or create, but do you think, you know, coming into it with a a technical background that you have and, and having the collaboration already kind of built in with you and again with, um, with Anthony and, you know, working at an ad agency and working with clients to try and create something, do you think, I guess, essentially would it have been a lot harder if, this was started by like a dancer or something, you know? Um, well, originally, I mean, originally one of the people who also uh, started the group with Anthony was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, after, you know, the first little bit, he got an amazing opportunity in San Francisco and, and uh, jumped out. Um, I think one of the unique things uh, for us in like, uh, you know, Anthony and I, neither one of us could, dance to save our lives. <laughs> um, I, can t- I can attest to that. <laughs> and, um, but I think that's also kind of interesting because it helps us 
work with, you know, work with this team to create an experience with dance that's easily accessible to people who don't dance or who are not, you know, experts and, you know, know everything about ballet or, you know, other, other components like that. So it's how can we create this experience in a show that can be accessible to a wide variety of people. And one of the big things when, you know, we first, first started the group, um, we looked at like two different worlds that, you know, we wanted to do stuff in was, you know, doing performing arts center shows and then music festivals. And then, so how do you get those two uh, demographics of people to merge together? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of how it worked is like, how can you bring the performing arts into the music, uh, the music scene? And then, you know, and then also bring something that's more music and that fun kind of energy and vibe into the you know the performing arts scene Mm -hmm. and um and so that was really that was kind of important to us and also knowing that lots of the classical audiences are you know kind of fading out you know it was a a different different kind of generation um but performing arts and dance and all that stuff is you know is important i feel so yeah um, this is a this is one I'm always curious with you. So, uh, growing up in Alaska, amazing you know mm-hmm. scenery, beauty, you know nature, beauty, things of that nature. You're very much uh, into the technology as well. Right? How can you? How do you feel like you draw? Um, or how do you? How do you kind of have both of those worlds? Um, and can you pull things from one to the other? If that makes any sense? Like you know, in in having a um, a, a um, affinity or a passion for nature and, and um, you know, our world in mm-hmm. general. And how does that work with the new technology that is mostly, you know, digital and, and kind of up in a cloud somewhere or whatnot? So. Well, I think ultimately with technology and, and how we integrate it into our shows, it's, a, it's about creating an environment. Mm-hmm. So ah. I think, um, you know, looking making that comparison i guess it would be thinking about like different experiences and how they make you feel and then how you react to them um and then using that same kind of language in a sense of the environment and the reaction to it and then using technology integrated with live performance to again create an environment similar that creates like an emotional response creates something that you connect with and I, I think, I mean, I guess that would be the, the strongest tie. I mean, lots of people ask me, you know, like growing up in Alaska, like did the Northern Lights, like, you know, come into, <laughs> yeah. into, into play. And I, I mean, I guess it did in some capacity, but uh-huh. that sense of awe, I suppose. But, but I, I guess I haven't seen like a literal correlation that yeah. goes through it. But no, I think that's a really good, good point though, that you make as far as the feeling that you have um, right. from something that's, yeah, that's right. natural beauty. And then, you know, honestly with this day and age and how technology has moved so quick that we actually even have the opportunity, the ability yep. to, to recreate something as similar. That's cool. So uh, jumping off from that question, one that I always find very interesting from, from my perspective mm-hmm. within, I guess the food chain of corporate events is um, whenever, and we, we specialize in a lot of B2B technology companies, and um, some of them are very creative and some of them are a little bit more stuck in their box. Right. Um, and I, the amount of times I've probably been told to find talent that incorporates technology into their act 
Mm-hmm. Probably a little too much than I'd like to admit. Right, <laughs> right. So has that always been a key characteristic of, of Quixotic, or has that eventually kind of come up and been a little bit more important? And ultimately, when you have to sort of work with the, the client to mm-hmm. find that nice little custom piece that does integrate that or mm-hmm. whatever they're doing, how does that work with you? Well, with, with our group, because of the nature of how it came to be, you know, it was collaborative and it was lots of different types of artists. Um, I, I feel, I mean, we've always had, you know, animation and digital technology components in, um, in our group, like from the get go. I mean, when did you guys start? It was about 12 years ago. Okay, so. so that, that was a lot of work back then. Yeah. And I mean, it was, I mean, definitely different yeah. and, uh, <laughs> You know, you go from using like office projectors that are huge <laughs> and, you know, like Visqueen you buy at the hardware store for <laughs> uh, projection screens. But, um, but uh, yeah, but we always had a component. We've even used like, you know, overhead projectors and some of it and like all kinds of experimental weird, weird things. <laughs> but um, I think also because my background's lighting, so it's like how can you take lighting and then transform it into like a different kind of way and view it in a different you know, different sense to have its own presence. Uh, you know, the, I feel like, uh, within our shows, the, the lighting, the projection, the animation, you know, different forms of technology have always been their own character within, within the group. So it's, you know, it's a, you know, it's a performance group and, and we create experiences. So it's not, you know, it's not a dance group. So the animation or the lighting can be just as important of a character within the production. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, no problem. I think um, just kind of going off that too, you guys are really good with storytelling and, and, you know, sharing a story, be it, you know, a client gives you something or, <clears throat> you know, a, a history of a project or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, tell me about the process of that, getting together with a client and, and trying to figure out the best story to tell. Cause I feel like everyone has an opinion of what the story should be. How do you, right. how do you, and, and on that note, I was going to say, uh, you know, I've experienced different types of talent who have wanted the client to be like, just give me two sentences about your theme. Mm-hmm. Or then I've had ta- talent and be like, I can't write anything until I have a call with the client and we can fully collaborate. And where, where do you guys sit within that spectrum? I mean, I, I feel like if we are working for a very specific client, you know, you have to understand the client. You have to understand mm-hmm. where they're coming, f- uh, coming from, what they want to communicate to their audience. I mean, they're having this event for a purpose, and so to understand that purpose, you know, better equips us to help tell the story of their brand and what they want to communicate. Um, so, yeah, I feel like any information from the client is really important because if it's just, like, impress me, then, you know, you're we've always seen ourselves as kind of an extension of the team of the client that we, that we work with. It's we're helping tell their story and communicate their message. So, you know, doing that in a void, I mean, we, we, we do it. I mean, we do shows for ourselves all the time, but it, it won't have as much of an impact as, you know, for the client, I feel like, Mm -hmm. but what was that runway like to go from, you know, doing, the performance art in a rental space or an abandoned building to then having to be on those conference yeah. calls. Suiting up. And yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Those trade show kind of environments because those, to me, you know, feel like they are night and day in a lot yeah. of ways. 
Well, for sure. Um, they are. I mean, I guess like the path, Yeah. the path we took was, um, you know, you start with, you know, doing a show, someone sees your show and they're like, Hey, we want to, you know, we want to give you a budget of, you know, $500 and, you know, and frequently we have like 20 people in our group. So, you know, everyone's <laughs> super pumped, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, we each come out of it, you know, getting like 20 bucks for like three <laughs> weeks worth of work or something. But, um, but then it, it just kind of, it just kept going from there of like, all right, creating experience that, that kind of fits within certain, you know, kind of brackets, you know, all right, we're, you start thinking about problem solving about, all right, are we outside? Are we inside? You know, what acts can work? And, and I think that kind of helped, uh, equipped us to go start to work in the, in the, uh, corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as we progressed, then doing, I mean, Ted was our, was our big, yeah. our big thing that kind of tipped us over. And then, and that was an abrupt tip at the time. I remember <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. getting the call of like, do you want to do Ted? Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, but I mean, really it was just, just keep moving forward. And, um, there's something interesting I feel uh, like about the doing corporate work, which I which I kind of enjoy actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you when you're creating a show for yourself, and there's endless possibilities. You know, because we're like we want to do everything and just think of all the craziest things and how can we do that? And then it's just like you can, you know, kind of get too spread out. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty quickly because there's so many opportunities and different things. But when you work in the corporate world, I feel like it kind of reins you in a little yeah, bit. You've got boundaries. You've got <laughs> some boundaries kind of set it's up, like, and you've got to right. figure out what you know how right. how much you can create within that space, though, too. Right. And so instead of like trying to hit all these things, it's like you can almost create like a higher vibration of energy with the with the show because you're like, all right, you have to compact it in here. It creates focus, and here's the restraints, and it's about working within this space rather yeah. than just everything yeah yeah that's cool that's great um what are some things uh you know with with what you guys do with um a lot of the technology and where where are you seeing things going what are you most excited about with stuff that's kind of coming up and and coming down the pipe well it's 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 pretty interesting i mean technology is progressing so fast right now um you know that's been the crazy thing for us is like as soon as you get something down it's already progressed and there's already so many new things and I mean, the biggest thing for us is that you always have to be experimenting, always pushing yourself forward. There's no time at all to get complacent with how you use technology or how you integrate it. Um, I think right now the the big thing, you know, there's lots going into VR right now, and there's mm-hmm. lots going into experience. And I think it's how do you create that kind of marriage of technology and entertainment, but then take it off the stage. How do you create that, you know, three-dimensional experience, um, you know, using different mediums, using multiple technologies, and how do you integrate all those technologies together? Um, I think that's I think that's kind of the next the next thing, you know, because, and also, you know, you think about all the different things that are popping up with experiential, you know, environments and stuff like that, and how can you create that experience so that they can participate in it. But and what's that timeline like for you? <coughs> so say you, you find yourself with um, whether it be like when 
projection mapping started to happen, mm -hmm. any of those kinds of technologies, once that becomes a thing, mm -hmm. and you are like, okay, we can apply this to our show, mm -hmm. how long does it take before it becomes a part of your show? Um, My guess is that you have to figure out, like, does it even help tell our yeah. story in some way, right? Well, yeah, and I think it depends on which story we're telling. Right. Um, I think a lot of, I mean, we, again, you know, being in Kansas City is awesome because we have a great space. And so we're constantly experimenting and trying out new things. And what if this and what if that? And, you know, just keep keep the momentum. So it's not really like a pause and, oh, we should take this and put it in here. It's just like a constant flow of those ideas mm -hmm. all the time. And then some things stick, some things don't, and then it just kind of naturally progresses. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's, you know, he had a meeting yesterday with some about doing kinetic lights and, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they're going to probably do some aerialists with kinetic lights. And I, I don't, I asked him, yet, I was like, has anyone done the, it, like aerialists with kinetic lights at the same time? And, and like, you can't so. find it, so, <laughs> so it's kinda, you know, which is cool to say, but then also too to not have a, a like a point of reference sometimes can be you know a little scary. I think. But. Yeah, I think yes, it's it's scary, but that's part of why we do live performance, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if if we wanted it all very predictable, then you do yeah, you a different. Yeah, <laughs> or you do a you know you do a movie or something where you can do another take and then perfect yeah. it. Um, I mean, that's part of the thrill. The yeah. You know, you agree to stuff before you know that you can do it, <laughs> <laughs> but you say yes and, figure yeah, it out. and then you figure it out. <laughs> um, but I think that's, I mean, that's what makes it exciting. Um, so, yeah, so I, you know, I think it'll be pretty interesting to see how things progress and, and, you know, just even the amount of time that we've started to where we're at, it's, things have progressed so much and I think technology becomes, um, cheaper so then you can it's more readily available which means then you have to push the artistic side even further mm -hmm. because you know there's more people who have access to it more creative people out there doing doing stuff i think one of the big things for us that i think is pretty interesting is it's about still keeping that human element that you mm -hmm. can connect with um because i think that's the thing that you know we'll have to you know watch yeah. for is you know you get too much technology and then it's there's a disconnect so Having the human element interwoven into the technology is, I think, where we yeah. we do a pretty good job. Yeah. Have you ever had a technology where you've applied it to your show and you've had to take it out because it felt like it was For sure. too robotic? The yeah. boundaries of what you guys do. Yeah, I mean, lots of it is, uh, you know, an aesthetic thing, I think. Um, and so, you know, because we're experimenting a lot, you can kind of normally tell if something's really not working um, just because you can't connect with it the right way. I mean, that's how a lot of, of it rolls, I think, is if you're able to connect with it, then you can find how it, how it kind of works in. But if you're not connecting with it at all, then, you know, you don't kind of engage it very much and it just kind of goes away, I guess. What <laughs> kind of technology have you, have you experienced in that way? In, uh, in something that seemed like it was like all the rage, and then you put it in, you're like, no, nah, yeah, it's not, not gonna work. Um, 
That's a good question. I might have to come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, in, in my head, like it's right now, and I, I know it's going to get better, but VR, like I, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you think it's going to be, and then you put the goggles on and or whatever. And to me, it just made me sick and didn't feel real, uh, right. you know, very lifelike. I think that's coming and it'll, it'll, in a couple more years, it'll be there. But, you know, that's in, in my world is the agency side of things with live events and live music. That's, one thing I'm always watching out for, like, are, are, are people just going to sit on a couch and watch a concert, you know? Right. And at, at this point, I don't think so. And I don't really think, I mean, hopefully knock on wood, I don't think ever it will get there because there's a community element to a show and, and that's aspect of it. And, uh, yes, I loved watching Jason Isbell's live stream of the Ryman cause I got kids and I couldn't mm-hmm. go to the show and that was great, but, um, I still wanted to be there. So, um, so I think that that's the one for me right now that I think, needs a little bit more tweaking and we'll see where mm-hmm. it takes it, but it needs a little bit more of a human element to it. I think. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, cause we've talked about VR. The, I think the one thing that had that why VR has not, I mean, there's ways to incorporate it, but, but like Travis is saying, you know, to have, you know, frequently when we do, especially when we do corporate events and stuff and it's like an opener or something like that, it's like, how do you, how can you incorporate the whole audience into the VR experience then with you? Because you know, essentially you're putting blinders on them. So it's like you either, you know, so we're, I mean, we're still exploring a lot with that. There's, you know, you either create a show in VR that they experience by themselves, but it's not, but like you're saying, it's yeah. not, I don't know that's a group activity kind yeah. of scenario, but. Well, I, also, I, I believe that that technology will always have like that sense of uh, dissonance right like your your eye and your brain are going to mm-hmm. be way better technology than anything that for sure can ever for sure create. yeah so there's you know like it's like um i draw the comparison i i'm gonna not remember the exact science behind it but um like when they start described like video games and how mm-hmm. um, cgi of actual human beings are, are progressing but there's going to be a, a place where the, the eye or the brain and how close it is, it'll never actually ever meet. Mm. And so you'll always recognize it as being something slightly off. Right. You'll feel kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think VR is going to be that exact thing because, like, you're not going to be able to do everything that is in real life in virtual reality as yeah. much right. as close they can get it to it. Even, like, wearing gloves that apply pressure to your hands that make you feel like you're lifting something. Still, it's not the, the same the same thing. And your brain right. is always going to click off and be like, this is something wrong with it. Yeah. Right. Cool. I got a, a, a counter question to that one. What's what's some technology that you you guys did incorporate that you were like, what the heck? Uh, who knows what's going to happen here? And it really turned out to like just open the floodgates on things. I mean, I think like using connects and yeah. in like interactive because stuff like that. Like yeah. you guys started with the Xbox, right? The, mm-hmm. Like a video game console connect mm-hmm. and it just opened mm-hmm. up the floodgates for you. Right. Yeah, and I think and I think going back to what you're asking about things that don't work. I mean, there's certain applications of it that really don't work, but we've kind of found other ways to use it that do work. Um, and I think when, as technology, you know, advances, you know, continues to advance, like stuff with that, like we found, you know, there's something really interesting about that, you know, interaction between the performer live and mm-hmm. then manipulating animation and different aspects of it and using but, that connect right. technology to do that yeah. well we've used connect we've used lots of different mm-hmm. technologies to do that but the one thing that we found is because 
you know, there's a cool connection there, but also you can't get as complex. And at the end of the day, the audience frequently doesn't know or care. They want, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they want the spectacle of it. And so, you know, if you're going to use something, you know, to be true, which I think is, is, is good, you know, it's, mm -hmm. this is interactive. This is, you know, truly interactive. Um, but it's also less reliable, you know, at this point in time. And, you know, we can't get as complex with our animation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe that was, you know, maybe it's not the right thing for everything. So going back, you know, what didn't work using that for like everything yeah. doesn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. I got to put it in and bits and pieces where, yeah. It well, and then like abstract it in a way that has a little bit more, you know, wiggle room, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. So. Cool. So outside of all this fun, crazy tech stuff, um, spare time, things that you like to do, what, what, what's your, what's your outlet outside of the work and the creative outlet there? What do you like? Well, I think the first, first thing is like getting outside. I mean, you, you know how it is with mm -hmm. you go do lots of events and shows you're yeah. inside a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you're burnt out on a, you know, outdoor show yeah. or something like that. But I think, I mean, honestly, I love to go jump into nature, kayaking, stuff like that, and uh, and just kind of escape everything. So it's just quiet. Nice. Because I think finding that balance is important of like, you know, especially with the work we do with Quixotic, it's very overstimulating. Mm. Um, and that's part of what we do and how we do it. Um, but like finding that disconnect from, from everything is really important. Yeah. And then, of course, Making some tables. Making some tables. <laughs> some woodworking. That's awesome. Nice. Well, cool. Um, Micah. Up, yeah. I, I, I have just two more, yeah. two more things for you to end, yeah. end this off. Is one, where do you want to see the space go? And two, uh, what would you like to see change currently? It's kind of the same question, but slightly. One's, one's one and one A, I guess. You mean specifically with corporate events corporate or events, technology? You know, how yeah. you're interacting with clients, the whole kind of engagement process, mm -hmm. even mm. down to your performance. You know, what is it that you want to see five years from now as part of Quixotic within this, this space? And what would you like to see change? I guess for um, in five years, I think I would like to, I, I would like to, you know, keep progressing with technology and finding the right projects that will help support um, getting new technology to work with. I mean, that's always, you know, that's always the struggle, I think, is, you know, there's the new technology out there, but you can't afford to get it. Right. I'll say it for Mike, because I, I don't think he, he wants to be nice. I think, <laughs> I, th I, think I, I think we want to avoid the quote unquote, the wow moment. That is the wow moment for every single company yep. and every single buyer or, you know, or, you know, everyone wants to do. And it's so funny because I've run into this a lot with, uh, with working with these guys and, and some other acts that, you know, everyone's on the forefront of being creative, but I'm like, well, I talked to a company six months ago that wanted to do this too. So I think it's, you know, uh, being open to change and open to, I think, and that's something that, that needs to be adapted in the corporate space a little bit more, mm -hmm. but it's a risk. And that's why that doesn't happen a lot in corporate though, too. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, I like, I like creating the, the wow. I wish people would stop calling it the wow yeah. moment. But we, <laughs> said, we said yesterday it's, uh, we're going to call it the epic moment. Now. The epic just, we're going to go with the epic moment. Transition. So hopefully in five years we can make that happen, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's, um, that's what transition we're from wow to epic. <laughs> um, 
I'd say the the thing that I would like to to see happen as far as like the transition goes is, you know, being open to that collaboration. You know, earlier you asked, you know, some people just want you to create a prepackaged yep. thing and they want to give you their two buzzwords and go impress me. And um and I feel like, you know, creating events, whether it's corporate, whether it's, you know, special events, you know, the opening of a new building, the anniversary, you really want to connect with that. You know, it's just like, you know, connecting with the right technology or the right performer or having that experience. And I think in order to really like enrich that experience, you know, that collaboration, the more collaboration that can happen with the artist and being open to that collaboration and not having it just prepackaged and put on your desk. I'd say that's the biggest thing. That's something yeah. we struggle with all the time is yeah. that people are like, well, what do you do? How much does it cost? Yeah. How like, long is it? Right. How many, yeah. how many hotel rooms? Right. Yeah. yeah. And my answer is, well, you know, let's talk about how, how well, yeah. How, how much do you have and, and what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> well, nice. I, I, we've, we've clocked in at our half hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, is there, uh, you want to give everybody your, your website, yeah, socials? Yeah, quixoticfusion.com is our website. Yeah, so come check us out, and hopefully we'll see you at a show. Yeah. Thanks, Micah, for being here. Yeah, thank um, you, guys. Cool. Really great. appreciate it. Everybody, thanks for listening. Um, we appreciate it. Hope to get more guests and, and things of this nature um, in the queue. And um, everyone have a good week ahead. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks. Thank you.